following podcast contains mature content. The views and opinions expressed by the co-host are not necessarily those of the host. Listener discretion is advised. There is only one proper way to start this podcast, and that is, it's time. It's time. It's Vader time. I am your host, the Warden Matt Ritter. I am here with my co-host, Sir Cussalot Travis Pointer. What's happening, y'all? This is the Smack and a Raw podcast, episode 48, and right off the bat, uh, Mr. Leon White, Big Van Vader, or Vader, however you know him, has passed away. We from the Smack and a Raw podcast want to wish his family condolences, and uh, rest in peace, Vader, you will be missed. Definitely, definitely. You got anything you want to say about uh, Vader before we move on? Not much. It's just, you know, just, I remember watching him. And I remember enjoying them. If you want to throw out one of my random WC- Kane facts, it was, you know, when Undertaker went away for a while after Kane set him on fire in that casket, it was, you know, Vader that stepped up to fight him, put up some matches with him that I enjoyed. Shot Kane with a with a fire extinguisher. Vader in WCW, Vader in WWE, and most importantly, the thing I remember most, Vader on Boy Meets World. I was going to go there, too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, as far as news goes, you posted that video of AJ Styles at the press conference for 2K19. There is a million-dollar challenge that you can sign up for, and if you win, you will face AJ Styles one-on-one, and if you beat him... Supposedly, you win a million dollars. That's what they say. Now, I know you know because you're a video game guy about the 2K curse. The 2K curse? Well, it's the Madden curse. I was about to say, I know about the Madden curse. curse. I don't know about a 2K curse. Pretty much whenever somebody's featured on the cover of a Madden game, and they've even said so much, even so forth in wrestling games, uh, it's a downturn for those people. I know uh, Triple H tore a quad after he was the cover. Uh, Lesnar left shortly after Here Comes the Pain to join the Minnesota Vikings. That was his John choice, Cena. Though. I'm sorry, what was that? So that was his choice, though. That don't count. John Cena had some issues after being a cover star. CM Punk left shortly after due to physical issues and issues with the company. Seth Rollins went from Universal Champion to Intercontinental Champion slash Mid Carter and Tag Team Champion. You know, he, he left the main event, and now AJ Styles is on the cover. Do you think that there is actually a cover curse here, and do you think it's going to affect Mr. AJ Styles? No. I The Madden curse is something that I just, you know, I can see why people might think that. The, but the, they're trying to extend it all the way over to WWE 2K. Like half of the ones you named were by their own choice. You know what I mean? It's just, eh, I don't really subscribe to that. Fair enough. Well, we will, we will see what happens with AJ's career post 2K19. Mm-hmm. Uh, other big news: Big Cass, out of nowhere, released from WWE, has a match with Daniel Bryan at Money in the Bank which I was there live to see. And before SmackDown even airs, WWE uh, WWE releases a statement letting us know that Big Cass no longer works for them. Yeah, it's just, they're not even going to pretend. It's like, yeah, you out. Goodbye. Yeah, there was no, like, loser leave town match, no story, no nothing. Just he lost that match. And next thing we know, oh, you're gone. And they didn't even talk about it when they talked about Daniel Bryan having a match with Big Cass. Like, they they talked about the match at Money in the Bank, but they didn't even say anything about how he's gone. He doesn't work here no more. Nope, because in their mind, it was like, who really cares? I guess so. Last bit of news, they announced that there will be a super show in Australia. One of the big draws for this show is what they're touting to be the last match ever between Triple H and The Undertaker. Yeah, okay. Um, if, if, if they say so. 
We'll see. All right. I remember I, when uh You know, they called that Hell in a Cell match the end of an era where Shawn Michaels refereed it. Now they're saying this is gonna be the last match, even though they kinda made it seem like that Hell in a Cell match was the end of it. So they didn't really say that that match was the end, but post it, they're like, it was the end of an era, blah, 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 blah. The last time we're going to see these three guys in a ring. So, yeah, of course, Shawn Michaels won't be refereeing that match, but still, I don't really see the point in putting Undertaker in a match with Triple H again and now saying this is the final time we're ever going to see them. If it was the Undertaker's last match, sure, maybe. If it was Triple H's last match, sure, maybe. But if neither of the guys are retiring, What's the point in touting this as their last match ever? Yeah, I don't know, but they they do that all the time. Like when they um with the Cena versus uh Rock match, you know, they were like never before, never again. And, and then a year later. And then they did it a year later. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I don't I don't know. They're selling tickets, man. That's not really all that is. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. Let's get into Monday Night Raw. Travis I was at Money in the Bank. I was at NXT TakeOver Chicago. I had a fucking blast. Uh, I'm sorry. My phone was damn near dead, which is why I called in instead of videoing in. I also didn't put Zoom on my phone, so I just hit the phone number button and saw what happened. And it was a call-in, and it worked. It was nice. I talked to you guys. We got one of the members of the Smack and Raw group and a good friend of mine, Mike, who was there at the show with me to come on and give you shit, which I absolutely appreciated. Um, I, I, I had a blast. Remember that, but um, you why would you just not put Zoom on the phone? Like we talked about this. Like, we did, but I, I, I had a lot it. of shit going on. It, it's like you tap your phone three times and it's done, though. Like I forgot until it was time to call like, in, you and then I was like, "Oh shit!" Literally could have done it like right when I said it, though. Like while we were still sitting here, and you could have done it. Like you know, like I said, my phone was dead. I didn't have a charger on me. We weren't in the car, so I could charge it. I was standing in the parking lot, and I figured this would work, and it did work. You really it wasn't a bad thing. A bunch of, just give me a bunch of excuses right now, and I want results, sir. All right. Well, I feel like Money in the Bank may have been the best pay-per-view this year. Mm. I'll say it's up there. I wouldn't put it above the Rumble, but it's up there. You wouldn't put it above the Rumble because the Rumble is your favorite pay-per-view. Possibly. But, but. match for match, excitement, I, surprises. I also missed a good chunk of money in the bank. So That's true. Keep that in mind. Um, I also feel like money in the bank reinvigorated the WWE because both SmackDown and Raw were pretty fucking awesome. And a lot of the shit that they kind of fucked up leading into Money in the Bank, it seems like after Money in the Bank, they course-corrected. And the first of those things is Ronda Rousey. Beginning of Raw, Alexa Bliss comes out and runs her mouth because, for those of you who may not know, which you guys should by now, Alexa Bliss is the new Raw Women's Champion. She won the Money in the Bank, cashed it in in the same night, took out Ronda Rousey, took out Nia Jax, pinned Nia Jax, one, two, three. So Alexa Bliss, our new Raw Women's Champion, comes out and runs her mouth. Kurt Angle comes out, and after Alexa provokes Ronda, Ronda storms down, grabs a mic, only says a couple things, which is exactly what she should be doing. She shouldn't be trying to cut a full promo. She should just be saying, I'm going to kick your ass, I'm going to rip your arm off, so on and so forth. We don't need speeches from Ronda. Then she assaults the shit out of Alexa Bliss, Kurt tries to pull her off. She takes the money in the brief beat uh money in the brief money in the bank briefcase and beats the shit out of Kurt Angle, keeps saying, You're not my friend, you're not on my side, and then refs come out, and then she kicks the shit out of the refs. It was great. This is what I've wanted from Ronda Rousey since she showed up. And I finally got it after five months since her debut and really boring fucking build to the money in the bank. And okay, build the WrestleMania that turned out to be a fantastic match. I was extremely happy with the product, other than the bullshit 30 day suspension, which we can talk about. So, a couple things about that. 
yes, the 30-day suspension thing was some bullshit, which is just an excuse for her not to be on TV for a month. And it's just, you know, yeah, she's going to be full-time. But we'll conveniently give her reasons not to be on TV for a month so she's not actually full-time. But also, in concept, it was all very good. I wouldn't say so much in execution, though. Let me just throw this out there. couple things. There's one of those things that she has to learn about pro wrestling as opposed to MMA, which is everything needs to be exaggerated. Like the swing of the briefcase, you have to exaggerate that some. I know what you're getting at. It was at, entirely too like subtle with the swings and stuff, and it's just like, yo, you need to make that bigger so it looks better on TV. It's I agree. It's just that simple. It's not that I'm saying like she's bad or nothing. It's just like, yo, just small things that people know when they're in the business. Like you got to do everything bigger so it comes across better. Um, I agree. And it's also odd that she took one or two swings on Alexa and took her out and hit. Kurt over and over and over again, you know, with the briefcase, and he's just like, "Yo, if you go swing the thing, swing the thing." You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I'm with you. So I knew what they were going for, and I'm all for what they were going for. I'm just saying, do better. Well, I, I agree. The briefcase swings did not look fantastic. They didn't even look like they really hurt because, like you said, it wasn't exaggerated, but. The judo flip on Kurt Angle. Yeah, that was good. That was good. That really cool modified power bomb she did on Alexa Bliss through the table. Mm-hmm. The punches to the refs and taking the ref out. I almost felt like I was back in the Attitude Era, the way she was just knocking people out and knocking people around left and right and didn't give a shit. And that's what I want from Ronda Rousey. So at least, even though she still needs some work, at least they're giving me one I want to see out of her. The 30-day thing bothered me, and then the exaggeration of the announcers about the 30 days, and this isn't MMA. You can't. Do you realize, like, some of you, the most popular superstars in the business that came before most of you guys or for Michael Cole were there when you were there, made a name for themselves by, oh, I don't know, stunnering Vince McMahon, beating up refs, knocking out officials, attacking police officers. Like, that's what they did to be who they are. So why is it that all of a sudden when Ronda Rousey does it, this is an MMA, this is WWE, and we do things different? In WWE, that's what you do. In MMA, if she punched a fucking referee, she'd probably be in deep shit. Yeah. She, suspended, fined, most likely wouldn't be coming back. Like They don't play that shit over in UFC. But we all know what WWE is. When you do some WWE shit, don't try and tell me it isn't WWE shit. My thing is what you just said is very true, but it doesn't just apply to this. This happens with them all the time when, you know, heels do something versus when a face does something. The exact same thing, mind you. The announcers react to it completely differently. It's they've always done that and it's always got on my fucking nerves when they've done it. But Ronda's um, not a heel. Ronda's a good guy. That's my point. It doesn't. It either either way. It's just like when certain people do things, and then somebody else does the exact same thing, they react to it differently. Like the whole heel versus face thing was just an example. But it's just when they react differently to people who do the same things. Or like when I'm trying to think of an example. I think it was Sheamus when he was facing Alberto Del Rio back in the day, where he like flat out stole Alberto Del Rio's car. You know? Okay. And, like, was, like, joyriding it and shit. And I think he said something about, like, you see he had some stomach issues or something, and he may have shit in his car. Like, is is all that was going on. I'm like, yo, you realize, like, that's a felony, right? Like, <laughs> but we're okay with that. Okay. Okay. But had a heel done that or, you know, had Alberto Dario done that to Sheamus, it would have been completely different, you know? So it's just, they do that all the time, and it's it's dumb but it's just what they do. Next thing I want to talk about is, uh, and it's something that we're actually going to come back to later. There were some decisions at Money in the Bank while I enjoyed the show that I didn't necessarily agree with. And one of those was not giving the IC title to Elias. 
especially if you were just going to have him drop it the next night on Monday Night Raw to Dolph Ziggler. Now, mind you, Kate loved this. She really hoped that Dolph would win. She was happy that Dolph won. And with Dolph and Drew McIntyre um, and this little deal they're doing, I could see them possibly grabbing guys like the Revival or something and having a fairly successful faction if that's what they chose to do. You know, Triple H started DX while he was IC champ, not while he was WWE champion. So this could do this could go somewhere, but if you're gonna put the IC title on someone, why not put it on a guy who needs it, not Dolph Ziggler? Mm. Yeah. Um, one could argue that Dolph needs it too, though, because nobody really gives a shit about Dolph right now. Uh, well, you could argue that, but uh, the issue I have with that is. Right now, they've been pushing Dolph and Drew as a tag team. Now they put the IC title on Dolph. They've stalled that tag team. I don't know where Drew's going unless they're going to put him in this multi-person match, which we'll get to later for the number one contendership. Whatever that might be. Yeah. um, So. Because, you you know, know, titles have to be defended every 30 days unless you're Brock Lesnar. But go ahead. They even mentioned that on Monday Night Raw. Kind of. But anyway, uh, I just I don't get why the guy who you've been pushing for a while in Elias, who if you're going to take the belt off Seth to put him in the main event or whatever the reason being, why not put it on somebody who's there who could use the push in a mid card as opposed to a guy who's been IC champion and WWE champion or World Heavyweight champion before and throw the belt on him when he's already part of a tag team, a tag team that you should be pushing towards the leader of work, the leaders of worlds, as opposed to the B team who are fun, but in the end, I don't think are going to amount to much. The way I see it is this, because you talk about somebody who could use the push and all that. I would say that Dolph needs a push more than Elias does because Elias is over on his own already without the belt. Thing is with Dolph, you got to give Dolph something or he's just a guy. Like it's really just what it is. He's, he's what they call a good little hand unless he has something to go along with him. The whole him and Drew McIntyre as a tag team thing, I'm not buying that anyway. I don't think they should be a team. Um, I think Drew McIntyre should be on his own. I think Dolph should be on his own. But... um. Yeah, like Elias can still be Elias, and people he's still over. The fans will still do the walk with Elias thing with him and all that without the belt. He doesn't really need the belt to elevate him. So I can understand why they'd use that to try to elevate Dolph as opposed to elevating Elias. The last time they put a mid-card title on Dolph Ziggler, he dropped the title and left the company for like a month, which was the U.S. title. Yeah, I mean, I'm not so, saying they don't make poor decisions. Because they definitely do. I just don't. Well, what I'm saying is, Dolph, and I've talked about this before. Dolph has the charisma, the in-ring ability to be a top heel on either Raw or SmackDown. Once you eliminate Brock Lesnar, he has the ability. He has the charisma. He has the the it factor to be more than just an IC title guy. And if you need to build new stars to the main event, the way they used to do it was we'd give them the IC title and let them run with it and see how it goes. And if they do a good job, like, oh, I don't know, Triple H, Stone Cold, The Rock, list goes on, then we'll elevate them eventually to the World Heavyweight Championship. Dolph's already been there. There's no point in putting the IC title on him. What they should be doing is putting him in this multi-person match that they've got going on to position him to face whoever is going to take the title off Brock Lesnar. I feel like if they did that, though, he'd just get lost in the shuffle again. Not with Drew McIntyre at his side. If Let's say Bobby Lashley wins that match, and for what you hope to happen, Bobby Lashley takes the title off Brock, which now that Braun has the money in the bank, I'm not sure that's the route they're going to go, but let's say that happens. Now Dolph Ziggler versus Bobby Lashley, that matchup doesn't look so great, except he's got his diesel, he's got his... Enforcer, he's got Drew McIntyre to pull the weight for him. 
but if you at that point what you're doing is you're now like relegating Dolph, you know, not Dolph, uh, Drew McIntyre to being a manager, a, a bodyguard kind of guy. And if you're gonna elevate him up to the main roster, you need to actually do something with him now. And what did they do with Diesel? He was a manager, bodyguard type of guy who helped Shawn Michaels get to the title, and then they split up, and then they feuded, and then he became champion. And it fucking worked, and it could work again. It could. I don't think it will, but it could. All depends on how you go about it. No, it Um, also depends on who you're using with it, because the thing is, you had Shawn Michaels in that equation. You don't have Shawn Michaels right now. You have Dolph Ziggler. There There is a significant difference there. I wouldn't say a significant oh, difference. Oh, there say... is a significant difference between Dolph Ziggler and Shawn Michaels. Do not try. You know better. I've said multiple times that Dolph Ziggler could be the next Shawn Michaels if they gave him the right push. I strongly disagree there. There is only one Shawn Michaels, sir. There's a showstopper and a show off. And to me, in-ring ability, charisma, they are not that far off. I don't know what the fuck you've been watching, sir. Have you forgotten what Shawn Michaels was? Who, who the hell are you? Who are you? I know, I know exactly you, what sir? Shawn Michaels was. Who are you? I know exactly what Shawn Michaels was, and I know I, what I've I, seen I, I out of Dolph Ziggler. I don't think you do. I know what I've seen out of Dolph Ziggler, and I know what he's capable of, in my opinion. But that's just me. Anyway, we're going to move on. We were talking about Elias. You brought up, they're still going to say, walk with Elias. He had a song slash promo where he said he wanted to fight Brock Lesnar, blah, blah, blah. Most interesting thing about this was instead of who wants to walk with Elias, he ended it with what would Elias do? So I'm now wondering if WWED is going to be something, if they're going to be WWED bracelets. That is hilarious. And I want that all the time. Like I want the shirts. I want the bracelets. I want all of it. Like little well, heated the, bracelets and shit. You know how wrong yet funny that would be? Bumper stickers, yes. WWED. Yes. What's great about this is, Travis, on the independence before he came to WWE, he was known as Heavy Metal Jesus. That's great. <laughs> so now, Heavy Metal Jesus is Elias, and it's not what would Jesus do, it's what would Elias do. And I really hope they run with that. They definitely should. And if they don't, I will be highly disappointed. I agree. All right. Uh, we also had Braun Strowman come out, Mr. Monster in the Bank, uh, the man that tipped the scales for me in the predictions and allowed me – oh, I can't say me. The Rack made the predictions for me, but I'm going to take the win anyway because this is now, I believe, the second pay-per-view in a row uh, that the Rack has made predictions for me and I've won, so I'm just going to continue to let that happen because he's doing a great job. Uh, no, I've got see, the official thing, tally right like, here. That means you don't have any wins yet. The Rack has two wins. You don't have anything because you've established that you and The Rack are two different people. So The Rack has the rack, two wins. You have nothing. The Rack made my predictions for me. No, no, that's not what he said. That's not what he said at all. However you want to run it, either he has two wins, I have two wins. All I know is you don't. That's fine, but you don't you even. You lost four to two. All yeah. right, well then. Give them to the rack, Travis. That's what I'm saying. I'm sure like you know, I had I had two. The rack had four, and you had nothing. So I'm still beating you. Fair enough. Yep. That's how you want to look at it. Yup. As long as somebody's kicking your ass in predictions, I don't care if it's me or the rack. You can take all the cheap wins you want. I'm beating you, so I'm okay with that. Fair enough. Anyway, Braun Strowman, Mister Monster in the bank. Comes out, cuts a promo, Kevin Owens interrupts, tries to convince Braun Strowman that he needs Kevin Owens as much as Kevin Owens needs him. This ended with uh, Kevin Owens running away like a bitch because obviously Braun Strowman doesn't need anybody. Let's let let's 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 dive a little bit deeper into this whole Kevin Owens thing. Cause goddammit, listen, I get it. Okay. Like he went into this match and he told everybody, I'm like, listen, we need to team up and take out Braun Strowman. Because if we don't team up and take on Braun take out Braun Strowman, he's going to win. And guess what? Nobody listened to Kevin Owens and what happened? Braun, Braun Strowman, Strowman won. won. 
Well, now, they did team up, and they did bury Braun Strowman under a pile of ladders at the beginning of that match. Yeah, but they didn't do what KO suggested, which is they all just band together and in a collective effort make sure at all times that Braun Strowman is not able to win this match. That needed to be a priority. Uh, and actually, it was The Miz that kind of fucked that up, and while everyone was burying him with ladders, The Miz was trying to get the money in the bank, which actually was a pretty smart idea. You know, everyone's distracted. Uh, it's only smart if it works. Yeah, that's true. Um, one thing that you guys didn't see, because I rewatched Money in the Bank so I could find all the times that I was on TV, Kevin Owens got stretchered out of that match. That's why he never returned. They didn't show it on TV, but I was watching, and he got thrown on a stretcher after being thrown up that ladder and through those tables mm-hmm. and carted out, and there was no mention of it. There was no – they didn't show it, nothing. They just took him out quietly and that was it. So I wasn't sure he was even going to be on Monday Night Raw. Because generally when they stretch somebody out and it's story purpose, mm-hmm. they show that, oh, Kevin Owens is being stretched out. He won't be returning to the match, blah, blah, blah. And whether he does or doesn't, they make a big deal out of it. Right. They kept this quiet as fuck. Interesting. But anyway, um, back to K- what I was saying with KO when he came out. Because here's the thing about Kevin Owens. He's like, listen, listen, if if – if I can't, if you can't beat him, join him. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to come out here, and I'm going to kiss Braun Strowman's ass to try to get what I want. <laughs> and listen, listen, I'm not against it because, God damn it, it's Braun Strowman. You're not going to be able to beat him. Clearly, he's going to get the title if he does what he should do with the fucking money in the bank. So you go, you suck up, you be his friend, and then you get what you want. Okay. It didn't he tried. Work. It didn't work. It didn't yeah. work, but <laughs> I can I understand say, like, him trying. Like you said earlier, it's only a good idea if it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't um, say it was a good idea. I just said I understand why he had that idea. We're going to come back to Kevin Owens and Braun Strowman because I want to save that part for the last bit of Raw. Okay. After losing to Roman Reigns at Money in the Bank, Jinder Mahal came out and got a win over Chad Gable and talked about how he was enlightened. I'm 95% sure that wasn't on the Hulu version. Uh, Mojo Raleigh beat No Way Jose. <laughs> Which I take it was also not on the Hulu version. I'm because- sick and tired of this travesty, Matt. Of them denying me No Way Jose. Because let me tell you, this this is one of those things that just... That today's wrestling needs. Because they don't have guys like this now, except for No Way Jose. The guy who's just fun. Who you just who's just fun to see when he comes out. Everything doesn't have to be all serious and this is the best wrestler here. This guy is the most technically proficient and this guy has no no. This dude over here is just fun and we love it when he comes out. I have to say I'm a little disappointed in the presentation since he's been on the main roster. When he was on NXT, his character was what you see for the entrance, but it was also he danced the entire time he was in the ring wrestling. Oh, I know. I've seen matches of his in NXT, which is why I was so happy when he showed up on Raw. I haven't seen – I don't watch a lot of NXT, but he's one of those that somehow caught my attention and I watched matches of his in NXT – and it was just like, oh, this is so fucking dumb, and I love it. He doesn't dance throughout his entire matches on Raw, and I'm a little disappointed yeah, in that. Yeah. He also lost to Mojo Rawley, who had an interview who said, I used to say, stay hyped, now I stay focused. And this is continuing the heel version of Mojo Rawley, which really hasn't gone anywhere. Only way he'll ever go anywhere as if Rob Gronkowski retires from football and joins the WWE to face Mojo Riley himself. And I pray to God that doesn't happen because I watched Rob Gronkowski on Drop the Mic, and as much as I love the Patriots, if I never have to hear that man speak again, I will be happy. Oh, really? He sounds like a complete and total idiot when he speaks. It baffled my mind how stupid he sounded when he spoke. Interesting. Just straight up total bro. Like, white boy bro. Oh, he's one of them? Kind of 
tries to do the black scent thing. Like it was bad. Oh, I know exactly what you mean when you yeah. said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. He's one of them. Hmm. Yeah. That's disappointing. Uh, oh, we had a tag team match. It was Sasha and Bailey who seemed to have patched things up versus the riot squad Listen. until the riot squad beat Sasha and Bailey. And then, uh, no, 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 no. Who, who got pinned, Matt? Sasha. But why did she get pinned, Matt? Because Bailey didn't make the save. Why didn't Bailey make the save, Matt? Because Bailey sucks. Okay, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, just throwing this out there, like you know, there's a reason why they lost, and Sasha had reason to be upset. But continue. She, she did, but what I'm saying is they keep doing this thing where. They don't like each other. And oh, I then know. They fix it, this and whole then they don't thing like each is other. dumb. I've been telling them they need to shit or get off the pot for months. Well, it looks like they're gonna shit. Yeah, yeah. It's about Finally. damn time because I'm tired of the shit. Finally gonna shit. Yeah. So they got into it backstage, threw each other around, catering and into some shit, and then got into it again before they left. And Sasha got in her car to take off. Shit. I forgot to write this down in my notes. Back to the news real quick. Apparently, leaving money in the bank, some asshole Chicago fan pie-faced Paige as she was stopping to, like, shake the hands of uh, people in the crowd as she was leaving the... Like, she rolled her window down. She reached out to, like, shake hands and high-five as she was leaving. Some jackass at the show, and I can't say he's from Chicago because I don't know that. There were people from all over. But he reached into her car... And pie faced her, and then told her to lose some fucking weight. Um, when you say pie faced her, took his hand, and as if he had an imaginary oh, pie, so there wasn't an actual pie involved, is what you're saying? No. Okay, no, was- that's what I was about to say. Now listen, as fucked up as that would have been, it would have been slightly funnier if he had a pie. If he actually hit her with a pie, but since he didn't. This is wrong and fucked. He, so he, he like just mushed her in the face and said, lose yeah, some weight. Yeah, mushed her, palm, palmed her in the face, and then told her to lose some fucking weight. What the hell is he looking at? She looks better now. I agree. Like, to yes, which put the weight on. I like it where it is. Just, just Yeah, just like that. Like, yeah. I, to which she responded to this by going out and eating like a full plate of fries or ribs or some shit and posting it on Instagram. In I'm response to this guy being a jackass. I'm with the shit. I like it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they had that whole segment. Now, the meat and potatoes of Monday Night Raw. Kurt Angle is in the back after he suspended Ronda Rousey. Constable Corbin, who at this point is essentially corporate Kane in a way. A little bit better version of corporate Kane, I'll say. Yeah, a better version of Corporate Kane, but essentially kind of the same role. He's still wrestling in, like, dress attire, mm-hmm. shaved head when he had long hair. Same thing. He says, I really like what you did, blah, 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 Stephanie, and then Kurt Angle goes off about Stephanie. You tell Stephanie this and that. Well, Stephanie's on the phone, and Kurt Angle doesn't realize it. Corbin's just smiling and hands Kurt the phone and says, here, tell her yourself. We don't hear what Steph has to say. We just hear Kurt Angle's end of the conversation, and he has a big announcement for Extreme Rules. That announcement is that there will be a multi-person match where the winner is the number one contender to face Brock Lesnar at what they called the agreed-upon date. I'm assuming that agreed-upon date is SummerSlam. Yeah, no shit. But <laughs> I hate that they, they didn't say just, it. I hate when they do dumb shit like that. Like we know you're talking about SummerSlam. Come on now. Per his contract, they agreed upon the next time he would defend his title, which, like I said, goes back to the 30 day clause and how it's all bullshit. Roman Reigns and Bobby Lashley come out. Bobby Lashley went to Twitter after he beat Sami Zayn at uh, Money in the Bank, which I did not see because I chose that match to go out and have a cigarette and try and pass off the Smack in a Raw podcast sign so it might actually make TV since they wouldn't let me hold it up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I came back right at the end of it. But uh, he said that after beating Sami Zayn... Honestly, that, that match was exactly what you would expect it to be. So Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> except the uh, standing suplex for the win because I really don't like that that's his well, finisher. But... Yeah, that, that was my only issue. And I said it on the live show, I believe. And I'm just like, why didn't he do the Dominator? But go ahead. Yeah. No, I, I listened back. I heard it, and I agree. 
or the spear because he had the spear for a while. But we'll talk about that. Yeah. We'll get to that. We will get spear. to that. Hold hold all comments about the spear. Okay. Till we get to that. Okay. So they both come out. Roman Reigns says, "I should be in that match. I'm the uncrowned Universal Champion." Blah 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 blah. Bobby Lashley comes out, says he wants to be in the match. Him and Roman Reigns exchange some words. It gets a little heated. And then Kurt Angle's like, well, you're both going to be in the match. We get to the backstage, and then Finn Balor and Baron Corbin kind of get into it, and Baron Corbin makes fun of Finn Balor, and Kevin Owens shows up. It all breaks down, and we get Bobby Lashley. Or, I'm sorry, that was Balor and Braun Strowman. Yeah, so we get Braun Strowman shows up and says, he's got the money in the bank. He goes where he wants. He does what he wants. And Balor referred to Braun Strowman as his buddy. So this all breaks down to we get two tag team matches. Roman Reigns and Bobby Lashley face the Revival because they came out for some reason, and they won. They're in the multi-person match. We also get Corbin teaming with Owens in our main event against Balor and Braun Strowman. And the reason why this is important is because Constable Corbin, a.k.a. Corporate Kane, hit the end of days and pinned Finn Balor. Yeah. Um, like I mentioned Cleanly. before with the whole, you know, Constable Corbin thing, they've actually made him interesting. I actually give a fuck about Baron Corbin now. So kudos to them, because up until now, I did not. Um, and you just kind of, you know, skimmed over the whole... Lashley and, and uh, Roman Reigns match, and I'm just like, yo, this was just, you know. So full transparency, Travis, I had the two matches combined in my head, and I thought I was getting to one match, and it was actually two separate matches. So unless you have anything else about Corbin winning over Balor and Strowman cleanly and getting the pinfall in that match, we can go back to Roman Reigns' Bobby Lashley and how Bobby Lashley one-upped Roman Reigns by tagging him in and then hitting a spear, which he did use at one point for a finisher to get the pin and kind of show Roman, oh, you got a spear, I got one too. Yeah, yeah, I was getting there because it was a whole one-usmanship between the two of them, and Bobby Lashley got the got the better of him when he got the win with the spear. And he's like, yeah, you spear, but I'm bigger and stronger than you, and I did a spear, so I'm better than you, so fuck you. And that's exactly what I'm talking about when I said that I feel like after Money in the Bank, WWE was reinvigorated. You got a much better look out of Ronda Rousey going forward. You got a much better look out of Bobby Lashley going forward and a much better position for him on the show. You got a better look out of Constable Corbin, who wasn't really even part of Money in the Bank except for when he got made fun of. Um, Sasha and Bailey actually seem to finally be going somewhere. Mm-hmm. And then Dolph Ziggler takes out Seth Rollins for the IC title, which does exactly what you said you wanted to happen and frees Seth Rollins up for the main event picture. Now, the only thing that you said that could make anything any better is if Roman Reigns wins the multi-person match at Extreme Rules, goes to SummerSlam, faces Brock Lesnar, and Braun Strowman comes down and cashes in, and pins Roman Reigns and becomes universal champion. I Seth Rollins, yes. Yes. <laughs> that would make me so happy. Like, And I want Roman Reigns to be like on the verge of somehow winning the match when it happens too. Like I need, oh, yeah. to, need it to be like Roman Reigns is rolling. He's like, he's got him ready. He's going to hit the spear on him and then out comes Braun Strowman. He's like, oh, fuck that. Cash this shit in. Takes Roman Reigns out. One, two, three. And Roman Reigns comes up short yet again against Brock Lesnar. Very few things would make me happier. Kind of like what they did with Nia Jax, Ronda Rousey, and Alexa Bliss, where yes. it looked like Ronda was on the verge of it. Alexa came in, surprised everyone. One, two, three, boom. Speaking of women's title matches at Money in the couple. Bank. What? Your favorite couple that's not a couple. Uh, I Dude, I've never wanted two people I didn't know to hook up so bad in my life. <laughs> uh, anyway... Since we're talking about women's title matches at Money in the Bank, we also had an interesting match where Carmella faced Asuka. We saw the return of James Ellsworth. We're on SmackDown now. Okay. Yes, that okay. that was my transition to SmackDown. Got you. Got you. Uh, we saw the return of James Ellsworth, who allowed Carmella to beat Asuka. So now Carmella has beaten Charlotte and Asuka and established herself as 
the top woman on SmackDown. Yeah, she beat uh, both the women that were in there in the championship match at WrestleMania. That is true. One of when, one she, of them she beat twice. That is true. And then she came out and talked about it and said she did it all on her own. Yup. And then Asuka's music hit. And James Ellsworth came out dressed as Asuka again. Mm-hmm. And they taunted the crowd for a little while until Asuka showed up. Asuka kicked James in the dick, which allowed Carmella to attack and take out Asuka. And then they left on top again with Asuka laying in the ring. This is, yeah, that, yeah. Mella is money. And I can't be happier that we have probably the two best female heels, both as champion on opposite shows right now, because it's really just going to be a one-upsmanship on Raw and SmackDown of which one is the better heel. And it's going to be entertaining as shit. It will be. And I will enjoy every bit of it. That tends to be the best way to go about it though. When you have the baby face chasing the heel. It is. I agree. Um, speaking of a baby face chasing a heel, can we talk about how Shinsuke did not fucking win the WWE title at Money in the Bank, which I feel like was a complete and total waste of the last three months of my life from April to June? Because what is the point of giving him a WrestleMania match and having him lose and then giving him a backlash match and having him lose? And then letting him win to make the stipulation for this after he also lost at fucking uh, greatest Royal Rumble ever. He wins and sets the stipulation. If there's any time to put the belt on Shinsuke, which apparently they just don't want Asian champions because they're not putting it on Asuka at WrestleMania. They're not putting it on her at Money in the Bank. Now, they had three or four opportunities to put it on Shinsuke, and they dragged this whole fucking thing out, which... The only payoff that makes sense to me is putting the belt on Shinsuke, and instead they don't put it on him, and now it looks like he's going to go feud for the U.S. title. I don't know what the fuck they're doing. They don't like the Japanese. I was not happy about that, Travis. I love the match. The match was fantastic. It just doesn't make sense to me to have this feud where AJ Styles keeps beating this guy over and over and over again. Yeah, this is one, like... I said it on Sunday. I'm going to have to go back and make sure this is one of those matches that I watch from this show because from what I've been told, it was they put on a fantastic match. It's the one I've been waiting for between the two of them. Um, yeah, I don't understand why they didn't put the belt on him either, but we'll see. Maybe they actually have a long-term plan for that. Probably not, but maybe they do. Well, Shinsuke cut an entertaining promo on SmackDown where he kind of made Renee think he didn't understand what was going on, but then he corrected her and says, no, I know what that means. What do you mean lost? I'm still standing right here, so on and so forth. Uh, And then she asked about Jeff Hardy, who Shinsuke beat on SmackDown prior to Money in the Bank. And uh, he pretty much said, who's Jeff Hardy? Jeff Hardy had a promo, which I believe he's now brother Nero. I don't know if they're going to go with that, but or maybe it's Willow. He had a lot of these characters in TNA that I didn't pay much attention to where um, he wore face paint. The Willow thing came before Brother Nero. That was a whole just alter ego thing that he did. The Brother Nero thing was actually like in association with Matt Hardy. Um, yeah. What's the face paint? Is that Willow? Is that Brother Nero? Is it you're not sure? I believe the fa- face paint was the uh, was the Willow thing. Um, okay. Not positive about that because like it all kind of runs together because I I drifted in and out of TNA, you know. Yeah. Um. Speaking of which, did they put EC3 in the UK title stuff? Is that what happened? What do you mean? Like did they move him over to the UK stuff? I don't think so. Why? Because I thought I saw some promo and he was talking about the UK stuff and EC3 was a part of it, but I could be wrong. It's happened once before. But um, I think um, move that that's irrelevant. There's just something that popped into my head when we were talking about TNA. I was just like, EC3? And the, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, I think this is a Willow thing, but they probably won't change the name. But yeah, yeah it's, it's him doing his Willow character is what it looks like. I was listening to that entire promo and he kept talking about how his eyes were closed and then he turned around, he opened his eyes and he said, now my eyes are open. I was really waiting for him to say he, now he's woke. Like 
I felt like that was a perfect opportunity to do it. If he was on Raw, if he was on Raw, that probably would have happened. But since he's He's still Matt Hardy's brother, it's still the same company. He can still be. I mean, I hear Jeff Hardy. It would, but the real impact would have happened if he was on Raw. So it's just like they'll they'll just do the Willow kind of thing on SmackDown, and eventually they may bring them back together, and he can do the brother Nero thing. But, um, yeah. We also have crossover shows where they can meet and talk and interact, and it'll be fun and entertaining every once in a while because all the pay-per-views are co-branded. But anyway. Yeah, they can still do that, though. That's the thing. Yeah, it's just, it, it looks like, well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, he doesn't have if to he's... say he's woken until they're on the same show, though. Fair enough. <laughs> um, looks like they're going to go Jeff versus Shinsuke. Yeah, I'm uh, Tag team title rematch from the pre-show, which, by the way, that pre-show tag team title match was actually a pretty good fucking match. Um, But, again, the Bludgeon Brothers beat the club. I'm confused. Um, About the Bludgeon Brothers. What are you confused about? I'm sure we'll get to it later. But, like, why did they beat up Daniel Bryan? Uh, Yeah, we'll talk about that later. I, I missed it, but they mentioned it. So, we can talk about that. You missed what? I missed what they said happened. I heard them say it happened, but I didn't see it. It happened during the match. No, no, no. The reason why they beat Daniel Bryan up apparently happened on SmackDown, and I missed it. I must have missed it, too, then, because... I was watching it on my phone. I got a phone call. I missed a chunk of it. I must have missed it. But we'll talk about that in a second. Um, Well, no, fuck it. We'll talk about it now. So... Page came out and announced there would be a gauntlet match with the winner being the number one contender to face AJ Styles and Extreme Rules for the WWE title. It was Big E, which I was really excited for and really had kind of hopes for. Daniel Bryan, Samoa Joe, The Miz, and Rusev. Daniel Bryan cut a promo saying he's going to face three of the toughest competitors on SmackDown. And they asked him, well, there's four people. Who are the three toughest? And he said, Big E, Samoa Joe, and Rusev, and they're like, what about The Miz? And he's like, like I said, three of the toughest. Mm-hmm. Rusev won. The Bludgeon Brothers cost Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan beat Big E, beat Samoa Joe. Bludgeon Brothers come down, hit their tag team finisher. Miz runs in, gets the pin, throws him out, setting up for that Miz versus Daniel Bryan feud that we have been waiting to see, and I am so looking forward to. Yep. In the end, Rusev beats The Miz. It is Rusev Day which was originally how I was going to start this podcast until we got the news about Vader. Uh, Rusev, number one contender for AJ Styles' title and maybe the next WWE champion with all of the momentum he has had going forward. We shall see. During or right after the Bludgeon Brothers attacked, the announcer said that there was an altercation between Daniel Bryan and the Bludgeon Brothers after their tag team title match backstage. I, I guess Daniel Bryan said something to them, and they took offense to it. That's what the announcer said. I didn't see it. I, I didn't missed see it. it either. I think they're making that up. But that was the reason for why the Bludgeon Brothers came down and attacked Daniel Bryan. I must consult YouTube. My thought was that the Miz paid him off, but they're not really guns for hire. That's so. what I was saying. Like maybe they were going to go with the whole Miz hired them thing, but that wouldn't make any sense with their character. So. That's why I was asking, like, why did that happen? So supposedly there was an altercation with them backstage. Yeah, a verbal altercation, not a physical one. Well, yeah, like, yeah. They won the match. They walked by Daniel Bryan. He said some off-color shit. They took it personally, came out, and fucked him up. Well, then shit. That's your own fault. Keep your fucking mouth shut. <laughs> you don't talk shit to them. You see how big they are? Shut the fuck up. Since we're talking about the Bludgeon Brothers, I'm, I'm slightly disappointed. We finally got the debut of Sanity. And if I was going to debut Sanity, I would have had them come out and cause chaos in the WWE title match. Cause an interference, attack the Bludgeon Brothers, attack the fucking Good Brothers, the club. Cause chaos. Not come out in a scheduled match for the Usos and then just beat them up into a no contest. Even though the Usos are... One of the greatest SmackDown Live tag team champions. And they had that great thing going with the New Day. And they're very good. If you really want this tag team to make an impact, you have them go right to the top. You don't just 
schedule a match and then have the match stupid and have there not be a match. Well, my thing is it kind of was they come out and basically establish how dominant they are, which I think is what they were going for. And if that's what they're going for, then I'm okay with that. I can see why you would want them to come after the Bludgeon Brothers right away, but I think that's one of those things you kind of want to hold off on. Instead, you show them just whooping ass and doing what they do, and then they clash finally at the pay-per-view. But now that the club has been beaten, the Bludgeon Brothers, as you said, have nobody to feud with going forward. This is a new... I'm going to say established because I watched NXT. And via NXT, they are established. They were in the War Games match. They were former NXT Tag Team Champions. They are an established tag team. So this is a new tag team for the main roster that has kind of established their characters in themselves for the NXT fans and the people that watch it. Why not bring them in since you don't have anybody for your fucking champions to face off against anyway and take out the fucking champs? Because you save that. You know why you save that? Because clearly the 30-day thing is bullshit anyway. So what you do is you put them over here, let them keep whooping ass over on this side. You put the Bludgeon Brothers on this side, let them keep whooping ass on this side for weeks until they finally clash and we see what happens when they go up against each other. I don't agree with that, but I I guess I I see your point. I, I see the logic behind that kind of thinking. I just, I don't think it's the right move because then again, it looks like they're switching off pay-per-views as to when the tag team titles are defended. SmackDown got money in the bank. Raw is probably going to get extreme rules with the B team versus Matt Hardy and uh, Bray Wyatt. Um, Oh yeah. They had a match too. They beat Slater and Rhino. Yep. Definitely Um, didn't see that one either. The B team actually dressed up like, See, I'm, Matt's back. The rack's not here, and I did it again. I left something off fucking Monday Night Raw and skipped to SmackDown. I also didn't put it in my notes, though, so that's part of it. But the B team dressed up like Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt and showed up on the screen and kind of imitated them and made fun of them. And Which Bo one? was Bray. Huh? Okay, just making sure. Like, Bo was if Bray. They did that, they better do it right. Okay. And Kurt was Matt Hardy, and it was actually pretty fucking entertaining. I enjoyed it. I actually posted it in the Smack and Raw page, so you can go there and find it and watch it. Um, but yeah, it looks like they'll be defending at Extreme Rules, which means the Bludgeon Brothers will get SummerSlam or Great American Bash, whatever they do. It's, it'll be SummerSlam because Extreme Rules is going to be in July. So yeah, it'll be SummerSlam. Yeah, because well, there won't be, be any uh, Great American Bash. I imagine this year. both of them will be on SummerSlam though. Maybe depends on how long the show is. You know, yeah, but if not, I'm sure they'll make the pre-show. I'm just I can't see them not putting the tag both tag titles on the line at SummerSlam unless they just have nobody. You know, yeah. Uh, the only other thing from SmackDown is uh, the Iconics came out and cut a promo that didn't really get a crowd response. Like the crowd, I know it's Toledo, but the crowd was kind of dead and like didn't really boo or cheer or well, anything like, like that all night though. Yeah, I know. That's why I said it is Toledo. Yeah, like, they were kind of dead. Yeah. Uh, Becky beat Billy Kay. Yeah. No, Billy Kay won it, didn't she? No, Becky won. Oh yeah, she hit it with, got it with the disarmor. You're right. You're yep. Right, you're right. Becky won that match. I haven't seen the Iconics win a match yet that I can think of. Peyton might have won one, but Billy hasn't won shit. I don't remember. It was nice to have them back. You got to look at Peyton Royce, right? This is true. This is true. All right. Oh, real quick, you mentioned it. There is the UK tournament coming up, and they're also launching a UK brand, which it's funny because they announced that there was a commissioner for the UK title scene. And I'm like, what the what the fuck is the point of having a commissioner if they don't have a UK brand? So they're going to have this UK tournament with the winner going on to face the UK champion, Pete Dunne. And they're putting out NXT UK, which is going to be the UK-branded NXT, which will probably have a show on the network, I'm guessing, Thursday night. Because you got 205 Live Tuesday. You got uh, NXT Wednesday. There's nothing on Thursday. So I'm assuming it'll be Thursday or Friday, maybe Saturday. Who knows? I know it won't be Sunday because that's what the pay-per-views are. Um, yeah. Okay. So that uh, more wrestling, it, it's 
taken a little over a year since they introduced these, you, the UK championship and the original UK tournament. And after a year, they've got enough confidence in it, uh, which also, by the way, uh, Mustache Mountain, which uh, are two. I know you're looking at me like that. You don't watch NXT and you didn't watch the UK tournament. Mustache Mountain is a tag team comprised of two of the guys who were in the UK tournament. One is the first ever and uh, WWE UK champion. And the other is Trent Seven. And together, collectively, they are known as Mustache Mountain because they both have mustaches. They beat the Undisputed Era What's the other for the NXT. Name? Why you gotta call me out like that, Travis? I'm blanking out and I can't think of it. Oh, okay. I'm I'm just I'm legitimately asking for information here. I just wanted to know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can see his face, but for some reason, the only name I can remember is Pete Dunn, and that's the guy who is champion right now. It doesn't uh, matter. We're talking about the UK here. We whooped their asses 200 years ago. Who gives a shit? All right. Um. Yeah. So they won the NXT Tag Team Titles. So now you've got. Two guys from the UK who are going to be part of this UK brand as NXT Tag Team Champions and a UK champion as well. Okay. They have their own commissioner. They're going to get their own show. Uh, I listened to a little bit of the last episode of Super Flashy Arrow of Tomorrow. Correct? Correct. The last episode of the season, yes. Yeah, last episode of the season. Uh, I know you have... Wild Wild West World. We're not done with smacking it raw yet, dude. We're not done with smacking it raw. No. What do you want to talk about? No, we're not. It's something that you forgot to do. Oh, I did not do. Uh, who's winning? Who's losing? You are correct. Yeah, yeah. You got to finish the stuff you're talking about first. Come on now. Who's winning on Raw, Travis? Um, I'd give it to Mr. Dolph Ziggler on Raw. Dolph Ziggler on Raw. Uh, I'm gonna give it to Baron Corbin. I can understand that. Because like you said, they made him relevant. They actually made Travis care about him, and he That's beat an the former Universal Champion in a clean win in the main event. <laughs> you, okay. Yeah, I guess you you could technically call him a former Universal Champion. Okay. He won the title, did he not, Travis? <laughs> yes, he did, Matt. He did. He did. Who's losing on Monday Night Raw? <laughs> I was going to go with Ronda Rousey, actually. Because of the 30-day suspension or because of the really poor briefcase shots? I mean, it was a combination of the two. Uh, I'm going to go with No Way Jose because he had a job out to Mojo Raleigh. That is, that's a serious job to do right there. Yeah. Who's winning on SmackDown? I, I know there's only really one answer here. Rusev. Hell yeah. It's Rusev Day, yeah, number one contender. Uh, who, oh, and by the way, AJ Styles punched Aiden English in the face, and I found out Aiden English is a hometown boy. He is from Chicago, and if you look very closely at the outfit that he wore at Money in the Bank, he has all of the boroughs or whatever you want to call them of Chicago printed on his jeans and on his jacket. Interesting. Um. Who's losing on SmackDown? That's an interesting one because I'm not quite sure yet. I've been going over this in my head for a while, and I'm not quite sure who's really losing on SmackDown right now. Um, uh, I got two choices, and they're both Asian. <laughs> I was kind of thinking Oscar, but it was just like, ah. Uh, like, but I feel like somebody could have must have had a worse night than Oscar, but not really, I guess. Well, Shinsuke lost to AJ Styles and then didn't even really get to do anything on SmackDown other than a promo, and he's getting bumped down to the U.S. title division from main eventing and WWE Championship. Yeah, but I think Asuka's the one that really caught it. All right. I'll go with Asuka, too. I agree. You know, she lost at the pay-per-view, and then she got duped again, beat up left lane. S-M-H. All right, Travis. Uh, as I was saying, Wild Wild West World, Sundays, this 30 Sunday minutes. This is actually the finale for that also. Oh, all right. So you're just all out of shows to do besides Smacking It Raw. And then Creation Magazine, or the Creation Conversation, which will return after Wild Wild West World. Correct. 
you guys can still join the Facebook groups, facebook.com slash group slash super flash of tomorrow mm-hmm. and facebook.com slash group slash wild wild west world. Correct. The conversation will continue just because the seasons are over. Doesn't mean there's not more to talk about. Yeah. So go check those out. There's actually more news that just came out. Like right after we post the podcast about, um, the Arrowverse and it's the uh, scheduling times and the premiere times for the shows in October. So, also you can find us at www.facebook.com slash group slash smacking it raw, where we do a bunch of fun shit, including our live show 30 minutes after pay per view, which I will no longer be missing unless something comes up major personally in my life. Um, and I even called in to the one that I missed, so didn't even really miss it. Travis, they can find you on Twitter at Sir Cussalot, that is S- at S-I-R underscore C-U-S-S-A-L-O-T-T. Correct. Twitter and Instagram. Mm-hmm. And they can find me on Twitter at Matt Ritter, that is at M-A-T-T-R-I-D-D-E-R. And you can find all of these wonderful podcasts on your preferred podcast. Did you ever get Stitcher? Did that ever work? Stitcher is up. Spotify is the one that's being Spotify. Funky. Okay. So, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, Apple Podcast. Into that again to see if they're actually there. I haven't looked in like a month. <laughs> always All of that stuff. Awesome. But yeah, we're gonna run over about a couple seconds, I think, here, Travis. So why don't you say good night? Good night. We are smacking it raw, and we are that damn good.